Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back once again to another edition of the Come Out of Her My People show on this first day of winter for 2023. I'm your host, Mark Call, and clearly winter isn't just coming, it's here. But if there's anything that this last week or so has shown us, it's that the level of the confidence game that's been pulled on the once-free American people has now surpassed anything that probably even their worst imaginations or their readings of Orwell or Huxley or Ayn Rand could have prepared them for. So where I want to go today as we think about the imperative and the procedure for coming out of her is to look at the confidence game. Because ultimately, it's a con game that's now been revealed to the point where if it wasn't clear before what we needed to do and how fast we needed to get around to doing it, it is today. We even now have all the weapons at our disposal to make it clear to anybody that isn't utterly blind just how important and how imperative it is. Think about what we've seen over the past, well, let's just say three years since the stolen election and communist revolution in America with a K. There was the Fauci bioweapon, and whether people have figured it out yet or not, it was used to utterly destroy the economy and produce the biggest bubble of fiat money. Okay, we all know, not really money at all, just currency, well, in history. And the second half of the one-two punch, the Zyklon B injection, the not-vaccine itself. Remember words like safe and effective? Well, one thing is now clear. It wasn't effective, and it sure as hell wasn't safe. And literally everything about it was a con job. From the inflated deaths with COVID, booga, 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 to the emergency use authorization that meant that they had to absolutely deep six any alternatives, all of which were far safer and far more effective, like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, just getting out in the sunshine, than injecting yourself with an untested poison that had several primary effects. Destroying your immune system, destroying people's fertility, and oh yeah, let's not forget heart attacks, strokes, and blood clots. And we've talked over the last few weeks about the well-orchestrated takedown of the entire world's energy supplies via the scientific BS of man-made global warming with the intent of killing as many people as possible, either by freezing them out over coming years as the sun enters a cyclical cooling cycle to the associated famine and starvation. And there's a whole litany of other deliberate provocations from world war and civil war. We'll touch on that again in just a bit. Those aforementioned fiat currency collapses, all very much correlated to the elephant in the room, the great big revelation we saw this week. And in spite of the fact that we all knew it was coming, I think still it shocked quite a few people. Simply because it's so bold, so blunt, so in your face, and so, uh, well, I really think it would have been unbelievable to Americans, say, even five years ago. But now... We were really pretty well prepared for it, weren't we? It's just that when it actually happens, people say, I could never have believed they'd come right out and do this. Well, believe it, because here we are. I'm talking about the states, Colorado just being the first, that have come right out and said, we don't give a damn about free and fair elections. You caught us before, but hey, we were just getting started. We're simply going to take our political opponents now, and if we can't arrest them 
or kill them, and we'll get back to that in just a few minutes, we will make sure they aren't allowed to appear on a ballot. And we don't need to convict them of a crime. We're more than happy to make them up. We certainly don't care about juries anymore. And we don't even now have to bother with charging them. We'll just assume that whatever they should have been charged with is what we're going to say, here's what we're going to do next. And folks, this is just beyond incredible. Now, what was interesting overnight is you could ask the question, how bad is it? Well, so bad that even the scumbag backstabbing former Attorney General Bill Barr has had to come out and criticize the Colorado Kangaroo Supreme Court for taking the actually elected president off the ballot. And if you didn't catch it, they're even going to not count write-in votes. How's that for brazen? And Barr, who actually admits he still hates Trump on CNN, of course, did come out and say, quote, I think this kind of action is stretching the law, taking these hyper-aggressive positions to try to knock Trump out of the race, and they're counterproductive, he said. The reason he doesn't want them? Not because they're flatulently illegal, but because, he said, they backfire. From there, let me summarize what I think is the real story with my own headline. Colorado Supreme Court to peons. Screw you. And I'll add one other subheading here, Daily Mail style. And you're an idiot if you think that your vote matters any more than your First Amendment rights to freedom of assembly or the ability to petition your government for a redress of grievances or for crying out loud. You're completely gang-raped First Amendment right to free speech. Oh, yeah, and don't even think about using a firearm to defend your rights against a government that could care less whether you live or die, much less vote. Is that all clear enough? Well, if not, folks, the Supreme Court in Colorado, or what now passes for it, has removed any doubt whatsoever. Here's the Daily Mail's headline. Colorado Supreme Court rules that Donald Trump is disqualified from running for president and removed from the state's bogus ballot under the 14th Amendment because he, quote, engaged in an insurrection, unquote. Huh? Well, obviously, there's an exception here. If you engage in insurrection and rig enough votes and get enough bought and paid for CCP payroll senators, Congress critters, and other scumbags in the fourth estate to say, hey, don't you dare criticize an election or say that there's anything here that isn't the most honest in American history. And besides which, the Biden Fuhrer, even though he never came out of his basement, got 81 million of these duplicated ballots. Well, you, too, have engaged in insurrection. You're a MAGA extremist and probably deserving of, well, exactly what they're now telling you, no holds barred, they intend to do. And don't even think about being able to go to the ballot box for a redress of grievances. Here's the money quote from this one. And yeah, folks, I'm going to just add one clarifying phrase here. In a 4-3 decision from the Democrat-appointed justices, sick, Colorado's high court ruled that the ex-president and 2024 runaway favorite. Now, I think this is a clearer way to put it. And 2024 candidate who's literally blowing away both sides of the competition isn't eligible for the presidency. Why? Because they say so. And they weren't even elected. Isn't that convenient? Of course, for that matter, neither was the senile Fuhrer they're carrying water for. And uh, ironically, they just came out and told us what you vote for doesn't make a damn bit of difference. I know. If you've been paying attention, you knew this. We'll come back to that in just a minute here. But what this proclamation is now telling you is that they're not trying to hide it, and they don't give a damn whether you know it or not, because what are you going to be allowed to do about it? As usual, the zero hedge coverage is a bit more reliable. Their headline says Colorado Supreme Court disqualifies Trump from 2024 ballot, setting up a real Supreme Court challenge. Oh, yeah, that'll work just like it did in 2020. Colorado's highest court, it says, in a 4-3 to ruling, which was left unsigned, they noted, interestingly. 
and whose seven-member bench was entirely appointed by communist governors, overturned a ruling from a lower kangaroo district court judge who found that Trump incited insurrection for his role in the January 6th attempt to redress grievances, but said he could not be barred from the ballot because it was unclear that the provision was intended to cover the presidency. And we all knew exactly, folks, what was going to follow. Here it is. So what do the real black robe priests of the Marxist gods say? Nah, that doesn't matter. The Constitution means whatever we say it means. Nothing more, nothing less. And it applies to whoever we want. And it doesn't apply to whomever we don't want it to. Isn't that clear? And just what are you going to be able to do about it now anyway? Now, here's what people are focused on. Will the Supreme Court, the real Supreme Court this time, now that it's oh four years or so too late, finally turn around and say, hey, we've just seen too much of this. We're finally going to step in and say, you can't rig elections the way you're doing so blatantly that we can't even pretend not to see it or recognize what's going on. Or will they cop out again, just like we've gotten so used to? Oh, yeah, and like Pence and the Congress and most of America, especially the way Street Media did the last time around and are still pushing for today. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Now, we've got more, folks, but I'm going to pause here and suggest it's already clear. I've already said it, what the intent is and what they intend to do from here on. It's not just to destroy faith in the U.S. election process. It's to make it blankety-blank and clear that there is no election. There wasn't an election in 2020 or 2022, and there blankety-blank and well isn't going to be one in 2024. One way or another, you can see what's going to happen, and you know just as certainly what is not going to happen. Your so-called votes aren't going to get counted. At least, certainly not as many times as those who are rigging the machines, making the copies and stuff in the ballot boxes are going to manage to do. And don't you dare say anything about it, or videotape it either. Which leads me to what I think the real agenda is here, beyond simply cementing a communist revolution in place that happened years ago now. It starts with smoking out those who have a will to resist. That's already been done. And they're in the gulag where the deep state believes they belong. Others have been silenced, and like Alex Jones, Donald Trump, and anybody else that dares to speak up has already proven they're just getting started. They sent that message years ago. This is another slap in the face and a kick in the ribs to every single person who ever put their hand on a Bible and swore to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of these United States against all enemies, foreign, and now obviously and especially domestic. And what are they saying? I can't help but think it's more than obvious. Just try it. Resist. We double-dog dare you. You MAGA-loving, domestic, extremist, white supremacist scum, you. Yeah, vote all you want. See what that gets you. This is intended to push the country one more giant step towards Civil War 2.0. Is it? Will it be enough? I guess the intent certainly is. We'll see. And probably sooner at this point than later. Now, from here, there's a lot of places we could go and need to. But after careful consideration, I've decided we need to start here. When I saw this story this morning, folks, I couldn't help but hearken back to something that was called Colorado Amendment 2, which was approved by Colorado voters, imagine that, by a pretty significant margin back in 1992, and it prohibited what proponents called, correctly, special rights for gay, bisexual, and lesbian folks, because they're better than the rest of you, you know. That's what LGBTQIA++ pride is, and has been about ever since. And now I guess we've seen at least a bit of where it leads. 
And if you don't remember, the text said that there would be an amendment to Article 2 of the Colorado Constitution to prohibit the state of Colorado and any of its political subdivisions from adopting or enforcing any law or policy which provides that homosexual, lesbian, or bisexual orientation, conduct, or relationships constitutes or entitles a person to claim any minority or protected status, quota preferences, or discrimination. And interestingly, folks, it passed overwhelmingly, particularly in the most rural areas and in every part of the state except the obvious communist strongholds, Boulder, Denver, and the leftist enclaves in the Hoi Polloi Mountain ski communities. And the key thing to remember here is that this was the people of Colorado, or so we're told, if they had the right to vote, amending their own Colorado state constitution. So what happened? Well, the case was called Romer versus Evans. Democrat Roy Romer was governor at the time, and you can guess the communist governor wasn't happy about his name on that side of the equation at the Supreme Court. A Colorado kangaroo court issued an injunction. The Colorado Supreme Kangaroo Court, even then, was pretty well bought and paid for. They agreed, and the case went to the Supreme Court in 1996. What? Four full years later? Well, hey, they stopped anything from actually happening, so there was no hurry. We just have to make darn sure that when it does finally get to the Supreme Court, they do exactly what they are supposed to. And guess what? They did. So-called Justice Anthony Kennedy who went on to be a major player whenever there was a similar need to overturn real constitutionally protected rights and replace them with prideful ones. And the rest of the leftist court ruled that the people of Colorado got no right to amend their own damned constitution. And to do so, to even attempt to do so, was, you know it, don't you, unconstitutional. How's that for uh, take your vote and shove it? And guess what? It's been a quarter century since then, and it's only gotten worse. That time, they said, it violated the Equal Protection Clause of that same 14th Amendment. Some of us call it the Red Amendment, for reasons that I've elaborated at length on elsewhere, but we don't have time for today. Suffice it to say, Article 1 of that amendment established a second-class citizenship, because you peons don't deserve the real benefits of what it means to be a free American, to whom all the Bill of Rights actually still apply, because whether you know it or not, read Article 1 of that thing carefully, you are subject to the jurisdiction of something very much different than what we once had. The irony is, people have been lied to and taught that the purpose of the 14th Amendment was to make the Bill of Rights apply to the states. How's that for unmitigated bullshit? Ask yourself whether the First Amendment applies today, but don't even think about doing that anywhere close to the swamp. Whether the Second Amendment applies today. Whether the Fourth Amendment against unreasonable search and seizures. All right, well, you get the picture. Whether any of that Constitution thing outside of that magical Fourteenth Amendment has any relevance whatsoever in the circus courts. And if you don't like it, and if you think your vote is going to make a damn bit of difference, well, as we've seen, we're going to disarm you first, silence you second, and then we've got a gulag for you. Yeah, you just go ahead and vote away. And see if you can outvote those justices who weren't elected anyway. Ha ha! From there we turn to a leftist constitutional scholar that, for the most part, I actually do respect. That would be legal scholar Jonathan Turley, who was quoted in the Daily Mail on this latest abomination, this time in Colorado, but don't think for a second it doesn't represent exactly what they intend to do nationwide, and indeed have already accomplished. 
He slammed the Colorado kangaroo court for its ruling that removed former President Donald Trump from the state's 2024 ballot and said, quote, well, this court just handed partisans on both sides the ultimate tool to try to shortcut elections, which is absolutely true, folks. And it's very, very dangerous, unquote, which is even more true, he told Fox News just moments after the abomination called the decision, quote, And listen to this carefully. I mean, he said, this country is a real powder keg, and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I think that it's a real mistake. But he added, I think they're very wrong on the law. (laughs) Which, of course, is exactly how these things always work, folks. If you want to light off a powder keg, it's best to be wrong on the law so that you can really piss the people off that you intend to incite to violence. I can't help but hearken back to a famous quote, at least among those who actually understand history, from President of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis, who said the following, and this was after the war to prevent Southern independence, of course, quote, a question settled by violence or in disregard of law must remain unsettled forever, unquote, and hmm, if you're public cesspool educated, you probably don't even understand what he's talking about. Back to Professor Turley, who spoke with Fox News' Laura Ingram and said he disagrees with the court's premise concerning the so-called insurrection of January the 6th. In my view, he said it wasn't an insurrection. Uh, it was a fedsurrection, folks, but he doesn't quite get that. Still, though, he said it was a riot. And he said, therefore, that this ruling against Trump goes a step too far. Quote, that doesn't mean that the people responsible for that day shouldn't be held accountable, but to call this an insurrection for the purposes of disqualification would create a slippery slope for every state in the union. And he went on to say that this is, well, and I would say intended to, folks, it gets in the way of free and fair elections just ahead of the start of primary season. Duh. And remember, I pointed out that this guy is very much left-leaning, and I honestly think he knows better than this next statement. I believe he knows what form of government we're actually supposed to have, and that it's a constitutional republic, not a democracy. So at least maybe we should take this with a grain of salt, but the point is clear. Quote, this is a time, said Turley, when we actually need democracy. We need to allow the voters to vote. We need to hear their decision. And the court here just said, you're not going to get that in Colorado. We're not going to let you vote for Donald Trump. And he added, you know, you can dislike Trump. You can believe he's responsible for January 6th. But this isn't the way to do it. I mean, it is, you know, for the people to say they're going to protect democracy. This is hands down the most anti-democratic opinion I've ever seen in my life, unquote. And as most of the coverage out there, folks, eventually gets around to reporting, even the most leftist part of the waste stream, although they cackle about it, this is the first time in the history of these once free United States that the so-called insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment has ever been used to disqualify a presidential candidate. And isn't it ironic? The 25th Amendment was supposed to be able to do that when somebody is, say, obviously incompetent or senile or a traitor. But, um, hmm... You're not hearing much about that from these same people, are you? That, too, speaks volumes. But don't think you're going to be able to vote about it. Before we move on to the other attacks on what's left of the republic today, I do think it's appropriate to quote two statesmen from times past who were at least once claimed by the Democrats before they went completely over-the-top communist, and both of whom today, by the way, I'm sure would reject any affiliation or connection whatsoever with these scumbags that are attempting to destroy what they work to build. And I kind of believe these quotes buttress that point. We'll start with President John F. Kennedy, who, as you probably know, was assassinated. Now, there's a better term we now know. 
was executed by the deep state and those that carried its water. That kicked off a lot of what we're seeing come to fruition today, and it's been covered up for 60 years at this point. JFK said this, those who would make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. That certainly seems apropos. And then, of course, there's Thomas Jefferson. You've probably heard this one. Don't you dare quote it on socialist media. They'll ban you. And the Gestapo may come and bust down your door, too. And what country, he said, can preserve its liberties if its rulers are not warned from time to time that this people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. The tree of liberty, said Thomas Jefferson, must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. The tyrants are pushing hard for it. And I'd better add, don't be fooled, don't fall for it either. From there, I want to go to what I think are some really interesting observations from Stephen Cox at LifeSite News, who begins by noting that the 2024 presidential race hasn't really even begun yet, not via the primaries anyway. But it's really clear by now that the deep state certainly intends to rig this one, not only the way they rigged the last one, but if necessary, and yeah, it is, by going a whole hell of a lot further than most Americans would have even believed was possible. And we're already seeing that made clear. For many months now, it's been obvious Donald Trump would be the Republican nominee. There's really not even a remotely close second. He's never been less than 30 full percentage points above the rest of the pitiful field. And while the Soros-backed lawfare attacks on him in every imaginable way, and in quite a few that Americans would have never believed possible, but gee, that sounds like a familiar refrain by now, doesn't it? While they probably won't be able to put Trump in jail, it's certainly obvious there are other plans in play beyond that. And your host has to interject here that if they can't get their civil war going any other way, don't discount that option. Meanwhile, says the piece, the inevitability of another Trump nomination and an almost certain electoral victory next November, provided, of course, they don't make the rigging even more blatant than nobody, but nobody with half a brain would discount that. This is something Beltway elites are coming to grips with. Robert Kagan says the piece, the neocon husband of the liberal scumbag, Victoria Newland, and one of the major puppeteers behind the O'Biden facade, said pretty much that in a recent column for the CIA mouthpiece, the WAPO. The article is several thousand words long and says, Cox, it's exhibit A of why this nutcase belongs in an insane asylum, because it's an unhinged rant about how Trump will usher in what they call a dictatorship. What, you mean the Biden Fuhrer isn't already there? If he ever gets reelected for the third time, which Kagan even admits is looking quite likely or at least possible. And he theorizes that if Trump does take the presidency, he will, quote, immediately become the most powerful person to ever hold that office, which might actually be the only thing he wrote, folks, that's pretty close to true. Well, let's not kid ourselves, and we don't want to overlook this as we go through the rest of the piece. What scares the hell out of him, because it should, is that he just might have an axe to grind. And every single one of them knows that the reason why it's so important that they prevent that by any and every means necessary is because they know what they've been doing. They know it's treason, and they know that, yep, if there actually is even a remote return to the rule of law, the result of a conviction would mean, in almost every case, death, because it should. And after all, they also know that's what they intend to do to all of us. He then ominously asks his far-left-leaning audience, 
most of whom are probably intelligence agents and other minions of the state, says the piece, just what they're going to do to prevent this from happening. Quote, if we thought there was a 50% chance of an asteroid crashing into North America within the next year, would we be content to hope that it wouldn't, he says? Or instead, quote, would we be taking every conceivable measure, hmm, every conceivable measure, let that sink in for a second, to stop it, including many things that might not work, but given the magnitude of the crisis, must be tried anyway, unquote. I mean, really, folks, that's not particularly subtle now, is it? This next paragraph would be funny if it wasn't so transparently uh, hypocritical. A Trump election, says the piece, might result in, quote, the loss of property and possibly the loss of freedom, unquote. Well, certainly for those who've committed treason, continues Kagan, apparently oblivious to the fact that a whole bunch of people from traditional Catholics to conservatives, pro-lifers, and you name it, have already been sentenced to jail or had their homes violated or their property taken or their lives completely destroyed during the biden Fuhrer era after he stole the office. Writes to scumbag Kagan, America is, quote, closer to that point today than we've ever been, yet we continue to drift towards dictatorship. No, folks, we're there, still hoping for some intervention, like from on low, that will allow us to escape the consequences of our collective cowardice, unquote. Now, it does sound again like he's saying we're cowards because we haven't killed this guy yet. In other words, he does everything except come right out and say it. This intervention that they're hoping for is to urge the deep state to assassinate Donald Trump, like they have so many others that have represented a threat to them, like, well, you know, JFK. That Kagan would make such a brazen suggestion, says the author Cox, in one of the most powerful, even if evil, newspapers in the country, speaks volumes about where the United States is at the moment. While others have speculated about the possibility, he is basically coming right out and calling for it. So the author asks the question, are we simply being programmed to accept a Trump assassination as the only thing that they haven't tried yet? Which takes us to the break. We'll pick it up right there when we come back. This is the Come Out of Her My People show. I'm your host, Mark Call, and we're in the second segment where I'm talking today about confidence and the con game and the fact that there comes a point at which you can't hide it anymore. Things are so far gone, so far over the top, and this week we saw so many things revealed that I guess you could say it this way. There's no going back from here. So uh, what I want to do is to set up, and that's what I tried to do in the first segment, uh, a number of, uh, I sometimes call them thought experiments, or um, in this case, maybe the better way to put it is wargaming. And some of you know I have a background as a, not only an engineer, but a private pilot as well. One of the things that uh, was brought home to me early on, and it's vital, and I think it still applies, whether you're flying a plane or just trying to live, you better have a plan A, 
and a plan B. And suppose the weather turns bad or things that uh, happen you didn't expect to happen. You better have a plan C, and I like to have a plan D. So when it comes to flying, you take off and you say, okay, my destination is here. Uh, I intend to go this way, but if there are storms en route or something happens, then I'll go this route. And if I have to, plan C, maybe I'll land somewhere else and so forth. But um, where we're at as a country is a place where... Um, well, we're dealing with a war game scenario. We have people that have, I think it's undoubted at this point, uh, clear beyond any reasonable need for additional proof. They want this country destroyed. They want as many people as they can killed, too, in the process. And what we saw in uh, Colorado this week with the whores, and that's a polite term, folks, because a whore just sells her body is the way we've been taught to think about it. These people sold their oath before God. They sold their country. They are traitors, and they know it. And they don't give a damn. And basically, they send a real clear message. Now, you can soft pedal it all you want. I tried to be as blunt as I can because it's time to do that. They basically told anybody that is still dumbed down enough to think your vote matters, the hell with you and the horse you rode in on. Your vote don't mean squat. As a matter of fact, you can even write in Donald Trump's name. We're going to not count it. Why? Because you don't matter. We're going to tell you all about democracy, but the truth is, damn your democracy, and especially your constitutional republic. So is it clear? I think that's the issue. Then you'll hear people talk about, oh, well, the confidence in our election system is being undermined. Oh, really? You think it's undermined when people basically are telling you, vote all you want? We'll, we'll swamp you with illegal aliens. We'll stuff the ballot boxes. We have le rigged electronic machines that will swap votes literally. You can catch us, and we'll tell you you're going to be uh, silenced, and maybe we'll put you in the January 6th gulag. Um, I guess it, the, my point in part is if you're not angry by now, you haven't been paying attention. I do believe, and I've said this, I think one of the things that Colorado and the decision here was intended to do was to say, we're really jonesing for a civil war. We are really saying, you know, screw you and the horse you rode in on. You know what, folks, I'm sorry if the language offends you, but if this doesn't offend you far worse than people describing what they are telling you in terms that are undeniable, uh, you've got a bigger problem. They are literally saying, we intend to kill you, and you can't do anything about it. And if, furthermore, you decide that you don't like that, well, yeah, go ahead. We double-dog dare you. Hit us, because we're ready for that, too. That's our plan B. If we can't get you to uh, back down and accept that we're going to either destroy your uh, candidate or kill him, well, then we got other things in mind. But one of those certainly seems to be civil war. All right, so there you go. With all that on the table, I'll take a couple deep breaths here, and I'll say what I want to talk about is some war gaming and understanding that we are in this battle and that there are now no <laughs> – there's no there's – no, surprise left there's no hiding it these are people that have revealed their hand and it's heads i win tails you lose so i've mentioned at least a couple of the probable options at this point one i think is certainly on the table and they're pushing for it, is civil war the other one has to do with the election rig let's just make sure you know that you're not going to have an honest election and um, you know if we can't rig enough votes the heck with that we just won't count yours 
So that's part two. But on the other hand, there are a lot of things that are coming to a head this week. And uh, to set up some of the additional scenarios that I want to work through, I got um, two additional articles here that I'll do real briefly. One from Wayne Allen Root, who is very much a uh, Trump-supporting, kind of a knee-jerk conservative Republican, I guess is a good way to put it. And he wrote a nice piece that has at least a bit of the analysis in it that I think is important to uh, to put on the table. Uh, one of them, he says, one of the answers that he gives to what we need to think about here, many of these judges around the country, including Colorado, and I don't like the term judges applied to these scumbags. Anyway, uh, like the leaders of the communist CCP, American, the Democrat Party, they're just plain evil. No argument there. They are radical communists. They hate America. They hate everything about it. They hate capitalism, free enterprise, and of course they hate the God of the Bible. They are intentionally trying to divide and destroy the country. They want to create crisis and force a civil war. Okay, there you go. We're all on the same page. Many of these judges, including Colorado and the leftist leaders that call themselves Democrats, are mentally ill. They have Trump derangement syndrome. Now, this is important because as we talk about solutions in wargaming, I think it's um, it's good to understand that we're dealing with two different kinds of leftist destroyers. Okay, the Soros types and those that literally have an agenda and they want to kill billions and they have a plan and they want to enslave the masses. Trump just gets in their way. They don't hate the man like some of the left does that you see on CNN and in the WAPO. Um, those people are, are truly nuts. The Soros types are evil, and they've sold out to the uh, prince of this world is the way that I would put it. But I don't think that they're blinded by their hatred. So we have to recognize there are some that are uh, on the opposing side that are just plain blind with hatred. And uh, these are the racists and the uh, the kind that are so over the top. You know them. You've, you've probably run into them in the various places. Maybe around the Thanksgiving table. There is no discussing anything with them. They hate Trump. They can't help themselves. They hate the rule of law, too, because anybody that says MAGA must be uh, in favor of the Constitution. So they hate it just by definition. Okay, uh, another thing that um, uh, Wayne Allen Ruth throws on the table, the um, the judges and uh, whether it's Colorado or elsewhere, they're bribed, they're owned by communist China, the CCP, the Mexican drug cartel, Soros, the World Economic Forum, and so forth, uh, WHO, the UN. Uh, that applies to a lot of the uh, the traders that are in Washington and the swamp as well. And um, uh, he mentions that Jeffrey Epstein's pervert island. There are supposed to be some uh, names coming out on uh, that list. That'll be just kind of an interesting fly in the ointment this week. I think one thing we know for sure, there's one name you can guess will not be on it, even though he probably uh, did a little hair sniffing on the uh, the uh, Jeffrey uh, Island uh, himself, and that's uh, the Biden fewer, or at least that name Biden won't appear. They certainly want to keep the border open at all costs because the real goal, remember, Trump just gets in the way of the real goal. The real goal is to destroy the country and the invasion. And this has been uh, rightfully said to be the most significant existential threat, bar none, that the United States has ever faced. It is being destroyed. It is being overrun. It is being turned into something that doesn't matter whether or not the country gets nuked or not. It won't be America. As a matter of fact, it may not be now. So uh, all of those things are important to uh, to keep in mind as we go through some of the scenarios here. Finally, most of all, he says uh, they're scared to death. Now, this is true when it comes to people that are on team uh, I hate Trump, whether they hate him because they have Trump derangement syndrome or 
They hate him because they know that at this point he is P.O.'d. And if he gets back in, and this is probably the one thing, folks, that I think, uh, as, as a person who uh, finds plenty of fault with Trump, I don't believe he's ever been a constitutionalist, for crying out loud. I don't think he is sincere in terms of a faith in the Creator. I certainly don't believe he's big on uh, understanding the Bill of Rights. He had a chance to do something about the First Amendment gang rape. He didn't. He had a chance to pardon the uh, January 6th people. He didn't. He uh, he stood by and allowed the Second Amendment to be gang raped and so forth. So um, uh, he doesn't get a lot of points on that score. But the one thing that I think is a real interesting element of how this scenario is going to play out as we think about the war gaming and the various plans here is he is, in fact, angry at this point. And if he gets back in, um, I think a lot of people will expect. Remember what he said about Hitler? Lock her up, lock her up. Well, you notice that didn't happen, did it? Might this time. It might happen with Fauci. Might happen with the Biden Fuhrer if he's not basically put into a uh, you know a uh, uh, padded room with a uh, somebody to change his diapers. Uh, in other words, there are a lot of people, Mallorcas, you could you could run the list just as easily as I can, uh, who are guilty not just of high crimes and misdemeanors, but of outright in-your-face treason. I'm thinking of some of the people that have destroyed the military and injected soldiers, sailors, and marines with poison and uh, undermined our national defense and so forth. So the one thing that is clear is if they understand that Trump would come back in and actually start doing something about it, um, pardon the January Sixers on day one, begin to uh, look at the Fed surrection, release some of the information that they keep promising but still doesn't appear on CNN and, and won't unless something radical changes. Well, as um, a number of people will put it, uh, the traitors, their lives are on the line because the penalty, according to the Constitution, for uh, treason is either life imprisonment or, in, in general, it's death. And uh, that's about the only thing that I think will ever really truly deter people from doing exactly what we're seeing again. So he runs some simple solutions by I think are interesting. I'll mention those just because they, they help to kind of frame the terms of this war game that I want to look at here. Uh, one, if you want to play tit for tat, uh, the red states could start removing the, um, well, he's senile. That's a good reason. They, uh, they don't have the ability to invoke the 25th Amendment, but they could at least say, hey, if Colorado can do it, so can we. Senile guys, traitors that take bribes from communist China and that they uh, let people into the country and they lose in court, but they still go ahead and have their men at the border cut the, the barbed wire and so forth. They aren't on the ballot in Texas, for starters. And that would be an interesting um, way to proceed. I'm not necessarily advising it. I'm just thinking when you, when you consider the war game scenarios, that's certainly out there. Um, the DAs in various states that aren't Soros plants could start indicting Biden. Uh, oh, Biden. That would include his boss and his puppet masters and so forth. Because, as Wayne Allen Root puts it, we're at the Alamo. We're being invaded by military-age males from China, Hamas, MS-13, and um, they will fight to the death and destroy us. Finally, this was kind of cute. Uh, how about a Trump rally in Colorado? Let the liberal brains begin to explode. Fill Mile High Stadium, 80,000 seats, home of the Denver Broncos, with um, 80,000 MAGA Trump warriors. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. Now, as a uh, as a Coloradan who is, uh, well, thankfully not quite far enough away from Denver, but I'm about as far as you can get and still be in the state of Colorado, I don't like to go to Denver. As a matter of fact, I resist going to that liberal cesspool city whenever I can. It's filled with 5G and people who are Zyklon B, um, little 
spike protein factories, not to mention outright communists, and they poop in the street and all the usual stuff you'd expect, plus crime is rampant. You probably won't get the car out of there if you drive it into there. So maybe a better choice, Wayne, would be uh, go to Colorado Springs and find a stadium there or Pueblo or somewhere uh, a little bit outside of the uh, the cesspool central because you probably have a lot more people that would be willing to come. But at least it's an interesting set of observations. Now, with that on the table, here is the thing that I think will be the next place to kind of um, um, let us see how the plans are working out. All right, when you fly a plane and you go from, uh, you know, point A to point B and you say, okay, I'm halfway, and uh, as I've gotten halfway now, now if I had to land, uh, I, I can land somewhere that's at least closer en route. I don't have to go back to my original starting point. So you begin to update your plan A and plan B, and now you can hone in a little bit on the fact that I'm closer to the destination. Well, one of the things that's clear here is the Supreme Court will almost certainly have to hear this abomination out of Colorado. And I think um, even among the leftists, it's pretty obvious that one thing they cannot do is allow this thing to stand. It's idiotic. Uh, it has served the purpose, however, and, and that's the real point that I like to make. When it comes to understanding the message has been sent, they're basically telling you, we don't want to count your votes. We could care less. So the court basically will have to weigh in. And um, here's where I'll turn to a piece from uh, constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley, who, um, who came out on the first day, and he said what uh, I was thinking and so many others were. This is an abomination. He said it was probably the worst Supreme Court decision, if I'm remembering correctly, that he'd ever seen in his whole life. It was, it was uh, absolute BS on literally every level. And as a matter of fact, think about it, folks. I mentioned this. Uh, they didn't even have a trial. They accused Trump of insurrection. Well, guess what? Not a single charge has ever been levied. They, they're making up charges right and left. You name it, they're charging Trump with it. They never even charged him with insurrection, for crying out loud. There's no evidence. There's no jury or even a uh, crooked judge verdict. What's interesting, a lot of folks have pointed this out, even the January Sixers, not one, not one of those has ever even been charged, much less tried and convicted, of insurrection. Do you see the point here? This is so bogus that it ought to be dismissed on its face. But wait, that would be a possible action from the court. I would suggest that would be a horrible cop-out. And if, in fact, we see the court refuse to hear it or just overturn it without comment, I would say, well, that might be what we would expect. But shame on you. They, they've copped out uh, their utter slime, and uh, they've proved it to us. And they're basically saying, okay, um, we will pay lip service to the Constitution, and we won't let something that's so egregious that um, it embarrasses us stand. But we're not about to do the right thing. Well, back to Turley. He says what we're seeing here is a supreme test of the Supreme Court, and the real test is not just what they should do, but how they need to do it. And he calls on the court to seize the moment, carpe diem, if you remember your Latin, seize the day, uh, to bring unity and clarity on our core values. In other words, this claim from the, uh, the fake judges, the uh, black-robed priests of another god in Colorado, is so egregious, so offensive. They, they shat upon the Constitution, folks, and they claim that the 14th Amendment and democracy gives them the ability to say, screw you and the horse you rode in on, your votes don't matter. So this insidious opinion, writes Turley, must not only be unequivocal when they overturn it, but it must be unanimous. 
Now, he makes a pretty good case, and of course he writes uh, some stirring prose here to, to help bring that to pass. The Colorado decision to bar Donald Trump from the ballot will be overturned. It's wrong. It's wrong from literally every aspect, no doubt about it. Dead wrong. But these just justices made a direct assault on our democratic processes, and they sought to bar the most popular candidate in the upcoming election. So here's a liberal that sees through that. Whatever your view of Trump, he says, this is a decision that should rest with the voters. Hey, you'll hear them pontificate like that, except when it's Trump derangement syndrome that rules the day. So not only are these four justices seeking to bar the votes of millions, even not counting write-ins, but they're doing so in the name of democracy, which proves that they're what? Liars and idiots. They don't even know enough civics 101 to understand what form of government we have. I've talked about that a hundred times. Uh, all right, on to the uh, conclusion here from uh, from uh, Jonathan Turley. The Supreme Court plays a unique role in our system at times like these. They have some been sometimes been known to protect against government overreaches in case like Katz versus United States, demanding warrants. That was back when the days uh, when warrants mattered uh, to overcome a reasonable expectation of privacy. This is a time where the court can and should, he said, unite us with their bully pulpit. They need to speak as one conservatives and liberals joining hands, reaffirming the core values discarded by these criminal, corrupt. And I'll use the term he won't whores that um, were uh, leftist plants in Colorado. In that sense, it will probably be the greatest test of Chief Justice John Roberts, who once observed that the most successful chief justices help their colleagues to speak with one voice concerning those so-called core principles. So uh, other chief justices, the, the, the leftists uh, admire and like John Marshall, Earl Warren, they struggle to secure unanimous votes on fundamental cases about defining values. So the time has come for this court to speak with one voice, not about what divides us, but what we are united by as a people. And uh, here, herein lies part of the rub, folks. That's what they seek to destroy. This is where politics enters into it, and as we talk about the uh, the ways that some of these things will play out, I think that's what's that's what's interesting. All right, uh, as a general rule, I don't spend a lot of time on politics on this show, except when it affects our plans and the way we need to think about things, because people, especially people that serve the adversary, are defined by politics, and they're defined by self-interest and essentially what they can get away with and so forth. So as we want to look at the court and the likely outcomes here, I think that's a key thing to think about. you got to remember, civil war is one of their goals. Destroying Trump is another one of their goals. But um, then what? Do they get this unanimous decision? So what I'm suggesting is this court decision is key in terms of watching and seeing how some of these plans will play out. It will happen if it's unanimous and if they actually do the right thing. I'll admit I'll probably be a little bit surprised by that, but not shocked. On the other hand, if they uh, simply um, overturn the decision, I honestly can't imagine that they would uh, affirm it or let it stand um, because um, – well, that would probably be a way to get their civil war, but it um, it strains credulity. And for reasons that I'll talk about, I think there probably is, uh, are other things the deep state would prefer to do instead. So assume that they um, they make a decision one way or the other and overturn it. Then what? Now, that's where I will return to that story that I did just before the bottom of the hour. Will the uh, deep state actually decide to assassinate Donald Trump? 
And as you know, there have been lots of people, Tucker Carlson's weighed in. Uh, he said if you begin with criticism, in other words, if you're the leftist, if they blocked his ability to run and, and then to uh, rule effectively as a president with all this Russia, Russia, Russia crap, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, not once but twice, then you go on to indictment, not once but as many times as they think they can get away with. None of that works. Then you decide we're going to get rid of him off the ballots and the hell with your right to vote. Uh, oops, that undermines the election process. Well, we want a civil war anyway. That makes all, all kinds of sense. So what, he says? Draw the curve. You can't help it. The next step is assassination. They can assassinate his character. They've tried that. It hasn't worked. So probably it means physical. And here's where I think the uh, the various war games are, are kind of interesting. Um, if Trump were to be physically assassinated, says the uh, the author here of this piece from uh, Life Site News, the America First movement, the MAGA folks, would be without their clear leader, and they would have seen their movement decapitated and break into various factions in all likelihood. Quo bene, who benefits from that? Well, certainly the rhinos, the establishment wings of both parties, but especially the rhinos, those that are socialist light. And the military-industrial complex, and uh, they will continue being able to do what they are trying to do. Uh, what else do they do? They probably shove in somebody who is a real scumbag rhino, like Nuki Haley, uh, Nukem Haley, in 2024. Now, if they simply gut Trump, and if they let him out of this alive, and he gets to Election Day, uh, then what? Now, this is where I think the scenarios get interesting. I encourage folks to think about this, and maybe we'll revisit it after we see what the, uh, the Supreme Court does and how they spin this. But um, ultimately, it almost begins to look to, to me like they might decide to install Trump, right? If you can't beat him, join him. Neuter him somehow. Remember what was done with Ronald Reagan. They forced him to take a George Bush, a real, um, a real loser or a real deep state CIA plant. And then they tried to do what? They assassinated um, him in office. And they didn't kill him right out, but he got the message. And Reagan after uh, Hinckley was nothing like the Reagan that was installed into the office. And for all practical purposes, George Bush was the president for the rest of that term. Uh, all the things that he was going to do, remember the Department of Education, none of that happened. So I think that is a real scenario that we would need to consider and take a look at. In other words, a gutted Donald Trump. And you know what? Honestly, folks, like I said, um, that wouldn't be all that much different than what we saw in the first term. So if I had to pick a most likely scenario, I suspect that's what we would see. They back off from the election rig, and they essentially allow the landslide. Hey, then they don't have to do all the, uh, the stuff that they've already got planned anyway. Uh, that gets them off the hook with the Biden fewer, um, you know, he's, uh, he's gone and certainly forgotten. But, but then what? Well, I think this is where the real rubber meets the road. Uh, who would be the vice president? Did they kill him at that point? Uh, or is he simply destroyed? So uh, as always, and we, we run down to the last couple of minutes here, I'll ask the question, what does this mean for the rest of us? Well, one, understand this off the top. Um, if you believe that an election is going to solve the problem, honestly, I guess I'll say it as kindly as I can. You're deluded. They have telegraphed that move. They have rammed it down your throats. They have made it clear. The election is either going to be rigged or it is going to be utterly rigged. There's no, um, there's no other way. How about the border? Are they going to let Trump stop the border invasion? 
Well, only if it's already too late and the country is already destroyed, in which case it won't matter. Uh, how about a world war? Well, Trump might be able to actually push back from that brink. The economic collapse, I'll say it again, the economic collapse is already baked in the cake, and it will be real easy to pull the plug once Trump is uh, back in office and then blame him for it. So that, that part of the, um, the scenario fits. Bottom line, again, uh, don't be fooled, folks, and understand that while there's a lot of politics playing out here, what really matters is not who's in the Oval Office. You're not going to be saved by a messiah except the one that was written about in Scripture, and hint, hint. He doesn't come from the swamp or even New York City, but what really does matter is who we serve. And that's never been more important, especially as we begin to understand what we need to come out of and why, and uh, in fact now with an ever-increasing degree of urgency. And may Yahuwah bless you and yours.